Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Are you looking for that one-of-a-kind Christmas or birthday gift? If so, head on over to greatdaysoutdoors.com and check out the best gifts for outdoorsmen for 2021. We've curated a bunch of unique ideas to help you find an awesome gift for the outdoorsmen on your list. Just head on over to greatdaysoutdoors.com slash best fishing gifts for outdoorsmen and check it out. What's up, guys? This is your host, Brian Sin. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, man, the weather is once again changing in Alabama. It kind of got that cool snap, warmed back up. Now it's starting to cool down again, getting a lot more rain, probably a lot more current, maybe some color in the water. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how that is affecting our fishing around the state. For our first segment today, guys, y'all are going to be glad y'all are listening. We've got a, a, an a, a unbelievable guy, unbelievable fisherman joining us today. He has qualified for the Bassmasters Classic on six different occasions. There ain't a whole lot of people that can do that. Brandon Lester, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, Brian. How are you doing today, buddy? Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How is it where you are? You you're now Now, where are you, first of all? Well, right now I'm at Smith Lake, so we're fishing the Bassmaster Central Open over here on Smith Lake this week, and I just wrapped up three days of practice out there, and the tournament actually starts tomorrow, so uh, the sun's shining right now, but we got about, from what I heard, about four inches of rain last night, so things are definitely changing, that's for sure. Man, Brandon, when when you see... Uh... And you guys, I mean, y'all fish all over the country and you get hit with, with different weather fronts throughout the year. And when you see a big rain like the night before or a big temperature drop or temperature increase, whichever one, does it, how does that affect the fish the next day? Or is, I mean, we all know that, you know, it may take that a few days, you know, maybe a cold front. Water temperature starts going down, fish may start getting active, but how does it affect them? Like when you're in a tournament situation where you guys may not have the luxury of waiting around a week for it to get right, how does it affect it? Yeah, that's kind of the million dollar question, you know. It, it depends where you are, time of year, but let's just say this time of year, for instance. We got all that rain last night. We're here on Smith. Everybody knows one of the main deals on Smith Lake is when you start getting that run-in water, and that Smith is a real clear water lake, so you start getting that dirtier water running in and stuff. Uh, a lot of those fish, that, that's a common known deal over here, but you know, the way I kind of like to practice, everybody practices for tournaments different, but the way I like to do it, especially this time of year, is just find me an area that I can just kind of call home, especially on Smith Lake, because you've got the Sipsy Arm, you've got the Ryan Creek Arm, you've got the Rock Creek Arm, and if you get too spread out, you spend all your time running. So, you know, I like to practice. I like to find me an area. And then as the conditions are changing, maybe maybe I'll have to change with it. You know, if I was catching them all at top water in practice and if that water starts getting dirty and the sun comes out and it's post-frontal, I might have to get a flipping rod out and go flip a jig around or, you know, do some, may have to slow down. But 
you know, to me, it's all about finding an area. And then when you get out there in the tournament, you know, there's fish around. So you just kind of have to, to feel them out and see what, how their activity level is and, and what you need to do to get those fish to bite. Yeah, that's, that's good stuff. And, and totally makes sense. And especially this time of year with conditions changing the way that they are. I mean, you, you kind of, things can change very rapidly not just with cloudy or, or, or sunny days, but, you know, it may be top water one day. It may be flipping a jig the next or boat docks. Yep. Pretty much this time of the year, though, and I think about a lake like Smith, you know, and I know that throughout the, the summer and, and, and even, you know, late spring, we have guys that, that, that call in from Smith Lake and, and they're, they're fishing, you know, they're fishing top water and sitting in 80 foot of water catching fish that are suspended at 30 foot mm-hmm. in schooling is that gone for this for the year have the fish moved off of that pattern are they moving kind of back up as the water temperatures may be going down some or is that still at play no that's definitely still at play i'm still seeing water temperatures out there 77 78 degrees which is abnormal for this time of year but it's been a weird year man our spawn was high this year you know and we're still having these hot days we got just enough cool weather a couple of weeks ago to make us think fall was coming but that's right now you know it's back back warm again and water's still hot so yeah there's there's definitely still some schooling fish out there you know and and typically when you think about fall you think about the bait fish and the fish moving to the backs of the creeks and getting shallow and stuff but there's a lot of fish still deep here on Smith. I've seen a lot of fish still sitting down in 25, 30 foot, and some even even deeper than that. I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah. So when you you know you're you're targeting these fish, I mean you've got so many different options uh, when you're going into these tournaments. And 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 what's kind of do you have some go to like all right, I'm I'm going to show up at Smith Lake, or I'm going to show up at Gunnersville, or or, or even different lakes in different states. I mean, do you kind of have some, I'm sure you've got some go-to kind of lures or tactics that you're going to have tied on. I guess oh, that's yeah. a very, and Brandon, that's probably a very unfair question because I guess what time of year it is is going to change, right? It's a very broad question. But let's just yeah, say yeah. fall. Let's say this time of year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this time of year, I love to throw top water this time of year. You know, buzz bait, flopper floppers. That kind of thing, I, I love that. Of course, anytime you're fishing this time of year, you're going to need some form of a Texas rig, you know, whether it's a, a heavier Texas rig to flip and pitch around or maybe a, a soft stick worm like a Senko-type worm or something to pitch around a boat dock. I always have something like that. The shaky heads, you know, I, I always – I like to finesse fish when I, when I have to. I don't mind it. Uh, and these spotted bass, they love a shaky head. When they don't buy anything else, they'll buy the shaky head. Mm-hmm. So definitely always have one of them tied on. But, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some staples, and everybody's a little different. You know, I tell everybody, what works for me might not – it might not work for you, or you may not like throwing a shaky head. That's fine. If you're a jig guy, hey, stick with it. You know, I I, I definitely think it's sometimes it's better to – to be really good at what you're confident in than being able to do everything or trying said, to do everything. You said the right word right there too, and that's confidence and what you've got confidence yeah. in. And, and that plays such a big part in it for sure. And, 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 you know, I, I have, we have listeners, you know, call in and, and, and email into the show and they hear, you know, guys that fish for a living that call in weekly 
and they're talking about, you know, all these different type of lures and things, a lot of stuff that, you know, we're talking, you know, some of these weekend warrior guys, which is the most of us, the majority of us, mm-hmm. uh, we don't even know what some of this stuff is when we hear about it sometimes and <clears throat> have to go research it and figure it out. But a lot of guys, you know, call in are like, Hey, I'm, I'm just a Texas rig guy. I just want to learn to fish Texas rig better. And I know that's something that, that you fish a lot as well. Do you mind just kind of maybe walking through a Texas rig setup, what you like, uh, line, ride, all the way down to, to the worm, and just kind of walk us through the setup and, and, and kind of when you... Yeah, definitely. A Texas rig is a, is a staple, has been in fishing and will be until the end of time. I mean, there's been lots of things come and go that, that are kind of a fad, you know, but a Texas rig is always going to catch them. I'm going to talk about two different ways here. I'm going to talk about my casting Texas rig setup and my flipping and pitching Texas rig setup. But when I'm flipping and pitching with a Texas rig, I like a 7.6 heavy. And I actually have a, a Mustad signature series of rods coming out. This is the first time that Mustad uh, has come out with, with rods. And we've been working on this project for about a year and a half now. They'll be out next spring. Uh, and I've got a 7.6 heavy rod in there that's specifically designed for flipping and pitching heavy cover. Awesome. Uh, I use I use an 8-1 reel. I use 20-pound vicious fluorocarbon pretty much always 20-pound. I, I don't like to flip with anything less than 20 just because you, you put that bait in some gnarly stuff. And then on the business end, I like a, anywhere from a quarter ounce to a you know 3.8, sometimes up to a half ounce. Must add tungsten weight. Uh, and then a four-off grit pin mat must-add flipping hook is the one I use most of the time. I use a three and a five-all sometimes, too, just depending on the bait. If I'm flipping a big, like a full-size brush hog or something, then I'll use the five-all. If I'm using a little small creature bait, then I'll drop down to three-off. But most of the time when I'm flipping and pitching, I like beaver-style baits, you know, something like a a sweet beaver or, or something mm-hmm. like that. I use a lot of different soft plastics. Uh, Zoom, Z-Crawl, that's a really good one. And then my casting my casting Texas rig setup is real close to, to the same. I've, I've got a 7'2 heavy Mustad Instinct rod that I throw my, my casting Texas, Texas rig setup on. 15 to 17 pound line usually. I like a little bit lighter line for casting. Same reel, you know, high-speed reel. And then I'll use whatever, you know, must add tungsten weight that I need, just depending on what I need to, to do. Anything from an eighth ounce up to a half ounce or, or maybe even bigger. And then for casting the Texas rig, I actually like a, a round bend style worm hook. It, it's made by must add. It's called a big bite round bend worm hook, you know, and, and there again, it just depends on the bait. If I'm used throwing a, like a five inch sink, oh, I use a three yard. If I'm throwing a, 10 inch worm i use a four or five all you know i just match the match the hook to the bait and you're good to go well and and so i've got i've got a couple questions around around this and 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 one of them is i'm like most people probably i grew up fishing with lead you know tungsten something now that's out uh and has been for a little while but why would i choose one over the other when it comes to tungsten versus lead right yeah, tungsten gives you a whole lot better feel. So when you're using, you know, fluorocarbon line as a as a those those guys out there that 
and I'm one of them. I grew up fishing mono too. I'm I'm old enough. I'm 33 now, so I remember fishing with my fair share of mono too. And and when we went from monofilament line to fluorocarbon line, it was like all the difference in the world. You could feel that much better. Well, it's it's that much difference or more going from lead to tungsten because that tungsten is much more dense. Uh, it gives you much more, uh, much better feel. You can actually feel if you throw your Carolina rig out there or a Texas rig with a tungsten weight, you can feel whether that bottom is soft mud, whether it's gravel, whether it's real big chunky rock. Uh, it just gives you so much better feel. And another good thing about tungsten too, smaller than lead. So, you know, your profile of your of your weight is, is so much smaller, which is a big deal when you're when you get up especially in half ounce weights and above, like say you're yeah. flipping mats at Gunnersville or something like that. And you're using an ounce, ounce and a half weight. If you were using a, a lead weight, well, that thing be half as big as an egg, you know, but, but with a tungsten weight, it, it's a lot smaller. So it's the advantages are, are definitely a big deal. And I didn't even think about that part, Brandon, but as far as the size, you can have a smaller size and get the same weight, but it would be right. bigger in a lead. Same way with them turkey shots. You 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 can uh, you can put them tonks and shells in there and bust one about seventy five yards because it's That's it's right. so dense. Yep. And, yep. Uh, they are pretty amazing. That's what I see. They're pretty amazing. It is amazing. It really is. But I'd never really known. I never even really asked or thought to ask anybody about the the feel or the castability or or the reasons they choose Thompson over the other. That's so thank you for that. That's good insight. What about, yeah. and, and let's, let's drop on down from that and let's go to the hook. You know, there's lots of hooks you can styles that you can choose from. And you talked a bit, would you say a big bend hook is what you uh, use for bite, yeah. a big bite? Yeah. Must have big bite. Yeah. Must have big bite. Well, what is when I'm fishing a Texas rig and let's just say casting right now, do, do you change like from a number four to a number three, depending on the size of the bait that you're throwing? Like if you're throwing a, you know, a, a four inch, a little small sink over something compared to, you know, big seven inch worm and, and does the big bite, what, what does that give you? What does that add? Yeah. Yeah. So the big bite, there's, there's a couple different kind of, well, there's lots of different kinds of worm hooks, but basically there's a, there's an extra wide gap, a EWG style, and then there's a round bend, which doesn't have that, that big wide gap. Me personally, I like the round bend style better, and that's what the grip pin big bite is. And it's available in sizes anywhere from one off all the way up to eight off. So it'll cover the whole range from little bitty crawls all the way up to 15 inch worms if that's what you want to throw the thing you want to remember uh when you're when you're picking your hook size for your texas rig try not to overpower your bait you know just because your bait will hold it a lot of baits like say a baby brush hog everybody's thrown a baby brush hog before a baby brush hog has got a pretty long body and it'll hold up to a four or five on hook but you don't need it you know i feel like it's overpowering it and well a lot of people don't realize fish are getting fish are definitely getting smarter i know that sounds crazy but with all the advancements in electronics mm. and the pressure that our lakes are getting now and stuff i've literally seen times where going to a smaller hook will get you more bites because i swear those fish it affects the action of your bait 
and you, you just don't want to overpower your baits and, and you don't want those fish seeing a, a great big old hook in there, you know, so right. don't use too big a hook in your bait. But, uh, you know, for, for most baits, like say a baby brush hog, I think a two all grip pin big bite is perfect. That's good. That's a great tip. Don't overpower your bait. I, that, that's a great tip and a great way to look at it. You don't have to, to have the, the biggest hook you can get in there and still catch fish. In fact, you, you may catch more with a smaller one. And you, you bring up a, a, a great point, Brandon, and we've talked about it a lot this year throughout the summer. We've got, we're blessed with so many great lakes around the state of Alabama. And you got Ufaula, which is known for ledge fishing. It's a great ledge fish lake and still is. And it was a good year this year there. Uh, it was no different. But then you go up and you've got, you know, Gunnersville, Pickwick. And, and these lakes have also always, you know, predominantly had, had some really good ledge fishing. But it was different this year. And from the feedback that we're getting from guys that are, are guide, guiding up there every day, fishing every week, they still had some of that action, but they took it back to electronics. And they're like, Brian, are you, there's no secrets anymore. If there's a school of fish on a ledge, you're going to be about the fifth person to fish it that day. And those fish, yeah. believe it or not, are getting smarter. And just yep. like you said, and they are getting wore out on the ledge, they'll leave and move yep. back up or, or get harder to catch. Have you seen that around the country as well? Do you think that's, do you think what they're telling me is valid or yes. was it just a weird year? No, no, that that's absolutely true. I, I 100% agree with that. And I do see it all over the country. You know, I mean, obviously our our lakes around the Alabama area are, are well known in the entire country and a lot of people come from around the country to, to come fish a lot of these lakes and, and rightfully so. They're great lakes and I hope they continue to do that. But yeah, the, the fish are definitely getting smarter. I mean there's there's no doubt about it. I mean, I run Lorance Electronics on my boat. I've got the Lorance Active Target. And I literally I've done it every day out here on Smith. I can see schools of spotted bass swimming at 70 feet away from the boat and they'll i can throw my bait out there some every once in a while you'll get one that'll commit and he'll buy it but more times than not they'll just follow it and just look at it just follow it and look at it i mean they they're getting smarter by the day that's crazy isn't it first of all it's crazy that we can do that (laughs) yeah it is it is it's wild some major advances that's for sure you mentioned you had a you had your own series rods coming out and, and that's going to yep. be in the spring? It is, yep. They're, they'll be out in spring of 2022. Probably we're going to try to launch them at the Bassmaster Classic is, is what we're hoping for. That's awesome. They're going to be made, they're Mustad. Yeah, they're made by Mustad. They're called the Mustad Instinct Series, and they're actually my, my signature series. When we started this deal, man, I, I got to commend Mustad because they really gave me the reins on it. There's 14 different models. You know, I've I, I sat down, I was traveling somewhere, and I literally, when I found out about the deal, I had some time, and I sat down in the Houston airport and wrote out what all models I needed to do my job top to bottom. So there's 14 different models that cover the whole bass fishing gamut, anything from little bitty finesse baits to, to big swim baits. There's a rod in there that can do it. Man, that's awesome. I can't wait to see that. I mean, uh, we all know we all know Mustad puts out great products, and, and I'm glad to see them expanding their line and getting into some other products and, and, uh, yeah. and you're, and it's awesome to see that you're a part of that. And, uh, right. so, so good luck to you on that. Where y'all good luck this weekend, obviously here in Alabama, but, um, uh, 
where, where do you go from here? So we finish up here on Smith, and we then I've got a week off, and then we've got another Bassmaster Central Open uh, on Grand Lake in Oklahoma, and then that'll that'll wrap me up for the year. It'll be time to do some crappy fishing and deer hunting, man. That's what I'm talking about. There you go. Yeah, it's yeah. it's about that time. That's for sure. You got any? You got any uh, big deer hunting trips you got planned anywhere this year? Or is just gonna be kind of local? Yeah, just kind of local, probably. I've got uh, me and a group of friends of mine. We we go up to the Kentucky Tennessee line, the land between the lakes up there next to Kentucky Lake, and hunt every year. We're going to go up there and hunt. I think it's the first week of December, but. Other than that, I'll just be probably staying around the house and hunting a little bit. There you go, man. I'm going to try to get off and do either either Kentucky or uh, I, I usually go to Kansas and have for, for years I've got, but I think I'm going to go to uh, try to make a trip to Kentucky and then try to make a trip maybe to Indiana up there okay. uh, to some public land myself. So good luck to you, man. Good luck to you this weekend. Good luck to you the rest of the season. And uh, Brandon, man, thank you so much for giving us your time uh today and insight man look forward to having you back on again sometime brother yes sir i'd be glad to i'm always game to talk fishing hey that's that's (laughs) what we do all right brandon i appreciate it man we'll be watching you this weekend okay thank you sir have a good one all right see you all right guys let's take just a minute and hear from one of our sponsors one in four hooks in the world is made by Mustad Fishing. See why they're the best-selling hook brand in the world and enjoy 25% off your next order at mustad-fishing.com by using code GREATDAYS at checkout. And brought to you by The Hunting Exchange. In this day and age, we all know it's a struggle to sell hunting equipment on large social media platforms. And that's where The Hunting Exchange steps in. Hunting Exchange is an app for iOS and Android that gives you a one-stop shop to buy and sell your hunting gear. Whether you're looking to sell your bow, broadheads, technical apparel, stands, saddles, or anything in between, this secure platform allows you to buy and sell gear with confidence. As a buyer, each dollar you spend is insured by PayPal, and as a seller, there are no hidden charges like other platforms, and listing items are also free. Gone are the days of having listings removed from Facebook and worrying about being banned and removed from groups for wanting to sell something as simple as your bow or a knife. So head on over to the App Store or Google Play and experience a new hassle-free way to buy and sell hunting gear by downloading the Hunting Exchange app today. Welcome back, guys. What a great last segment that was. You know, it's, it's, it's so much fun. To have the, the the professional guys on here, I mean, they're the top of the top fishermen around the country, and to have those guys call into our podcast, let us pick their brain, and Brandon, man, what a class act that guy is! It was it was just it was great having him on, and I look forward to having him back on again. But let's continue on to our second segment, and this is man, th- like I said at the very first of this show today if you're tuning in to listen to this show you picked a darn good one to listen to because i've been looking forward to this next segment all week as well welcome to the show logan parks what's going on logan not much man how are you doing i'm doing good buddy thank you for giving us some time today and calling in i know you've been a busy man yes sir i appreciate y'all having me on absolutely well well you know obviously one of the things i want to uh to talk about today and is is the tournament this past weekend 
Um, and what lake were y'all on? We were on the Alabama River, and the section that we were allowed to fish was from the I-65 bridge in Montgomery North um, all the way up to the uh, the boundaries where the Walter Bolden Dam, I forget which bridge it is, like the, the second bridge in downtown Wetumpka, and then I think the 431 bridge up to Tallapoosa. I got you. Well, tell us, you know, kind of tell everybody – what this tournament was, how important it was, and, and kind of kind of set up the tournament for us. Yeah, so, I mean, it's the classic bracket, just the cream of the crop, you know. It's kind of the tournament that everybody wants to get to, that you try to really hard all year long to get to it. And uh, As far as college, right? Just college? Yeah, just college, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the biggest college tournament that you could possibly fish. And um, you either have to finish in the top three at the national championship to get an invite or you have to be the Bassmaster team of the year to get an invite. And that's actually how we got in. So you fish as teams to get to the tournament and they take four boats and then they split you all up into eight individual anglers on your own boat. And, uh, you fish off in a bracket style event for four days. And at the end, only one person is left and they get to go to the Bassmaster classic. They get, all their Bassmaster Opens entry fees paid for. I think you get around with it, with classic winnings and everything. I think you get around twenty grand in cash money. So it's, it's a really really good deal. And there's and it's the top eight, right? Basically, yeah, get the fish. The top eight. And Auburn, correct. Auburn had four of the eight were for Auburn, correct? Yes, sir. We had our uh, good buddies James and Connor. They came in third at the national championship. And then me and Tucker were the team of the year. Um, and then the Adrian College guys, Griffin Fernandez and Hayden Scott, they won the national championship. And then um, the Bethel team of uh, Tristan McCormick and Stevie Mills, they finished second. Dang, man. What a great opportunity for you guys to be able to fish that. You know, uh, I know that we, we came close. Auburn came close to bringing it home. Tucker had a great tournament. Uh, I look forward to having him on here in the next week or two to talk about it. But um, kind of, you know, he finished, what, point three out of the uh, – from winning? Yeah, three ounces. Three o- Oh, three ounces? Good gracious, man. So close. So close. Yeah. Well, so how did you do? Kind of how was the fishing? I love that you guys – you know, we don't get a lot of river reports on here, like the Alabama River. I mean, we do the Tennessee River and, the, you know, the big lakes, the, the Coosa River. Was, but the Alabama River is something we don't, we don't maybe hear as many people call from there. And, and how was the fishing? Kind of how did it set up? What were y'all using? All that kind of stuff. So the fishing for me actually wasn't bad uh, in practice. We, uh, we had one day of practice, which was Thursday, and – I was just kind of running and gunning, throwing the top water. I was throwing the, the, the bigger Berkeley Chapo in the, in the white color. And I, I probably had 12 pounds that day in practice, just, just hitting, you know, really whatever, you know, creek mouths or, or points or just really anything that, that kind of stuck out and, and made a, a, a difference in the current. I was throwing that top water up there, and they were chewing. Um, but Thursday, it was really cloudy all day. And then Friday, it was sunny all day, and that was actually the new format for the bracket. The first time they've ever done it this year was the seeding day. So essentially, we fished a tournament against all eight of us, 
that day and we weighed in at, at 230 and we were ranked on our weights one through eight and then that's how we got paired up you know like one versus eight two versus seven and so on so the second day i tried to expand on the top water deal and it didn't really work out they weren't really biting it because it was sunny and i think that had a lot to do with it and i think the water level came down a good bit too i'm not sure if that really affected the top water bite or not but they just weren't biting it that morning and i ended up running way up the Talapusa river which it was rolling and muddy but i was flipping lay downs up the Talapusa just in channel swings with a black and blue jig and i think there was just a lot less pressure up there i got a lot more bites up there than uh, I, I had anywhere else you know flipping trees we weighed in for our seeding day you know and I only had, I think, four little tiny fish out there in the live well. I, I shook some off that day, you know, to hope to save for the next day. And it ended up, I was seat seven and Tucker was seat two. So we partners, we had to fish against each other the first round. So that oh, got wow. Stuck. That stuck. First day of the actual tournament, Saturday, I started out throwing a top water on some places that I got bit on um, in practice. And I think probably the first five places i pulled up on i either had one miss it or i had one you know hooked and it come up and jump and spit it out but it was a frustrating start to the day for sure you know that's just how top water goes sometimes yeah there ain't no doubt about that i mean you you, you miss fish and, and and sometimes it works and and you, you hate to miss the ones you miss especially in a situation like that yeah it had to be different man i mean you guys go through the whole season you know, you and Tucker, partners, team of the year, fish together, and now all of a sudden you're in the boat fishing against each other. That that has to be a little different feel. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, I know that you know, we had jokingly said before the seeding day, you know, like we should just both zero or whatever so that we don't have to fish against each other the first round because I don't think that's really something either of us wanted to do. But I was like, you know, why don't we just go out and fish and catch what we can catch and, and whatever happens, happens. And, you know, of course that happened. That was not what we wanted, but, you know, Tucker did really well. And um, I'm glad that if I got beat, it was by him and not anyone else because he's a heck of a fisherman. And, you know, he went on to almost win the whole thing. So I'm super proud of how he did for sure. Yeah, no doubt, man. And I know y'all rooting for each other, and and of course you're you're competing against each other, but but rooting for each other at the same time. So in a situation like that, how do you y'all are friends? Obviously, you fish together all the time. Y'all are actually fixing to get. You're going to pick him up right now to go to Arkansas to another tournament. When you're in that situation, how do you decide who's in the front of the boat? <laughs> well, we actually were in our own boat. So it, that wasn't really a problem. So um, okay, so I was missing. So so when you say it was it was, after they seed you, and then you're fishing against Tucker for it's a bra it's more of a bracket. And so if Tucker beats you, then right. then then the next round he fishes against somebody else. Right. So we uh, were all in our boats for the whole tournament. I got you. That makes sense. That makes sense. So Tucker Tucker does well that day, and then uh, the next day. Do you, do you get, uh, I mean, is it single elimination when you're out, you're out, or were you still able to get on the water the, the following day? Unfortunately, it was a uh, single elimination. So I had, I think I had one fish all day long and at halftime, 
they do like a halftime report and they tell you, you know, what your partner has. And so they were like, you know, Tucker has 10 pounds, two ounces. You have one pound, two ounce. And I was like, dang, I got to make some changes. So I ran, <laughs> ran way up the Tallapoosa River, started flipping laydowns, you know, where I'd got some of those bites. And I caught like pretty quickly, I caught a three pounder and a one and two pounder. I was like, all right, it's going to happen, you know, but unfortunately that was, that was all that ended up happening. And I think I was about three pounds away from him, but luckily, you know, Tucker was able to advance. And then on day two, he fished against Stevie Mills from Bethel and he was able to beat him out and advance to the final day, which was him versus Tristan McCormick. Yeah. And and I was reading something. I don't know if you posted it or, or, or somebody else, but I was reading it where the Tristan, you know, when they pulled up to their first spot that morning, usually you pull up there, you grab your rod, you jump up in the front of the boat and start fishing. But he just kind of sat there and, 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 and asked the guys in the boat if they would say a prayer with him before he started fishing that morning. So I thought that was tremendous for the guy that, to, to put a priority on that at that point in that, in that kind of situation. Yeah. I'm sure that, uh, they both did the same thing. You know, me and Tucker, we always say a prayer before the start of every tournament and sometimes you know you get all amped up and you get there and you start fishing and and you're not catching nothing and you're like trying to figure out what's going on and we're like oh we haven't said our prayer yet and we, we got to make sure and say that and then they start biting that's awesome man i love hearing that i love hearing that that's great stuff well man that was uh it was a great year finishing up for for you guys congratulations to you and tucker both for for making it uh, to that point, I mean, national team of the year. I mean, a dream year for you guys, really. I mean, it would have obviously, uh, obviously, we'd have loved to seen one of you two guys win the deal and, and and have the opportunity to fish the classic. But other than that, man, it was a, it was still a special year for you all. Yeah, it was it was really an awesome awesome season. You know, it's about the best best season that you could ask for, especially with my senior year. I was definitely happy that. Tucker came to Auburn and paired up with me because, you know, I couldn't have done it without him for sure. And then I also got to give a big shout out, you know, to our all of our awesome teammates, you know, that they uh, rallied behind us and, you know, came to the weigh-ins this week and, and just all the all the texts and calls from everybody for support. You know, I got a bunch of text messages of me on Fox Sports 1 on day one. Um, that was really pretty cool. Very cool. So this is your senior year. So you're finishing up. What's next for you? Yeah, so I'm I'm graduating in December. Uh, hopefully, I got to get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> graduating in December, and I'm actually going to be fishing all of the Bassmaster Opens in the spring, as well as college, because they have a rule where you have six months of eligibility after you graduate, and you can fish for five seasons. So graduating in December, that means I can fish all spring long. That's cool. That's cool. Plus, you'll be starting to fish the bass series and and uh, and chasing chasing your dream, man, and making it come true. And there's no doubt in my mind you will. And we had a six-time Bass Master Classic qualifier on before you today. And 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 man, I'm looking looking forward to the to the times when I'll be able to have you on here and announce that for you, for you. And I know that day's gonna come for you. You'll make it happen. Yeah, that would be that would be a dream come true for sure. I know you said you were talking to Brandon Lester and 
hopefully uh, I'm right there beside him on the Elite Series sooner or later. You know, I, I hate that I missed out on this opportunity this past weekend, you know, one of us to fish the Classic, but I'm definitely going to try my hardest to get back to, to that place. Yeah, man, no doubt. Ain't no doubt in my mind that you'll do it. Well, before I let you get out of here, man, I know that we've, we've talked a lot about the tournament and, and how you guys did in your season and the season's changing. Water temperatures cool back down a little, even though we had a warm front come through and now maybe it's cooling a little bit more. A lot of, what are the fish doing right now? Kind of like you're going to Arkansas, I know, but like in Alabama, Arkansas, wherever you're going, how are you approaching whether you're just going fishing for the fun or a tournament right now, what are the fish doing different and how are you kind of approaching it? Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely uh, starting out looking for active fish, you know, in the morning, first thing in the morning, because it's still still pretty freaking hot for October. It's supposed to be 98 degrees this week. Jeez. So, unfortunately, that that shift hasn't quite hit yet where you can, you know, throw top water all day or, go throw whatever you want to do all day and and make it work but um definitely looking for active fish in the morning whether it's you know like looking for bait um i'm sure they're starting to school up on them you know and just throwing the top water around on on places that the bass could use as an ambush point you know whether that's throwing a, a spook up on a point or throwing a buzz bait down the bank around trees and stuff just kind of like starting out somewhere that He's got a lot of bait that you think there would be a good population of fish chasing that bait. And then depends on, you know, what the conditions are. You know, if it's, it's cloudy and windy, you can you can throw a jerk bait or a spinner bait or, you know, a moving bait all day long. But I feel like with it being so hot right now, um, if it's sunny, you got to find either some shade or some current. You know, the fish want to get cool, and if they don't have any current, they're going to be looking for some shade. So. You know, like like we were just on the river. About the only shade there is is, is laydowns. So definitely look for look for some laydowns and and flip those and throw a jig and a cinco around them, and you'll catch some fish. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, if I, if if you were going to give somebody a tip of the day, and I know you probably just just talked about some of it right then, but one tip of the day going into the week, what would your tip of the day be? Tip of the day, definitely. Don't ever give up, man. I mean, don't ever, uh, don't ever get down on yourself because no matter what's going on, you're never out of it. You know, like, like I was saying, if you're fishing a tournament, like I was fishing this weekend where they told me, you know, I had one pound and, and sucker had 10 pounds, like I could have easily given up, but you got to have that mental attitude that you're never out of it and you got to grind and push through it, you know, cause I went on to catch couple key fish and you know if i had caught a three and a half pounder i would have i would have advanced so you know i put myself in the position to do it and if you if you get worried and get down on yourself and because you're not getting bit you're you're probably not going to get bit but if you keep a positive mental attitude there's no telling what could happen that's a great tip man and we don't talk about the mental aspect of it enough on here we talk about technique about lures about all that kind of stuff, but you know, you very easily at halftime uh, last weekend, you very easily could have went, okay, 10, one, I'm done. I'm just, I'm, Tucker's going to beat me. I'm just done it. I'm, 
I'm shutting down. And you could have just went through the motions for the rest of the time, but but you didn't. You kept you kept the right attitude. You competed and and went out and and like you said, you were one fish away uh from yeah. from from being there. So great tip, man. Appreciate it. And I'm gonna let you run. I know you're on the road, gotta get Tucker and, and get to Arkansas. Good luck to you guys this weekend. And uh, as always, man, be safe on the road. Be safe out there fishing. War Eagle. Awesome. Thank you. War Dam. War Dam. All right, buddy. Take care. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. We'll see you. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Y'all listening. And we're going to take just a minute and hear from one of this week's sponsors. MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. With durability and convenience in mind, MB Ranch King's maintenance-free blinds are built and constructed with high-grade steel and come in a variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs. We also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, had another great segment that we just finished up with Logan and, and man, all those guys from that Auburn fishing team. They just had a, had a great year and Logan and Tucker, my goodness, man, those guys lit it up and I uh, love having those guys being part of the show uh, from time to time and, and wish them luck as they move forward. But let's get on to segment three. Been looking forward to this one today, too. I've said that every episode today, but I really meant it. Uh, it's, it's just been a great, great show today, and I'm looking forward to this one. We've got our first-time caller in, a guy down on Lake Eufaula, Steve Graziano. I think everybody just calls you Graz, but I may be wrong. No, it, I think you got it, Brian. Graz is what they call me. Yeah, Graz. And you you follow Lake Guides, right? Yes, sir. You follow lakeguides.com. And, of course, I've got my own website, Graz's Guide Service. Awesome. So. Well, man, thank you so much for, for calling in today and being part of the show. And I've been, been seeing you and wanting to get you on here for a while. So I'm finally glad we were able to finally hook up and get this thing, get, get hooked up together on here, man. And I am looking forward to what you have to say is going on with the fishing at Lake Eufaula right now with all this rain we have. I tell you what, it's, uh, we've had an awful lot of rain in a short period of time. So it, it's changing. It's changing like daily and, uh, the water's come up and it's going to change the color of it. It's been an offshore bite basically. And we've been catching a, a you know, low 20. Sometimes we'll catch 30 a day. And so, so now it's, uh, I'm going to have to go back to work because I think it's going <laughs> to uh, switch, switch to challenge. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You got to roll with the uh, punches, basically. I mean, well, it's the uh, places you ca- caught them in Sunday, you know, that we caught them in Sunday. It ain't, you ain't going to get a bite, you know, and it's, it's basically the conditions. You got to, you got to roll with the conditions. You know that. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, I know that predominantly, you know, when we, when I do personally, anyway, when I think of you fall, I think of, you know, an offshore bite. I mean, you've, you, you've got such mm-hmm. great offshore fishing. There's probably uh, arguably the best lake in the state for that. I mean, it's, it's just, it's known for it. Uh, not to mean, not to mean that it doesn't have a great shallow bite as well, but 
what time of the year typically do you start transitioning from the deeper bite to maybe a shallower bite or do you stay offshore a good bit of the year? Mm, no, I, I, you know, a lot of people look at me and they say, and they, you know, over the years and they see me out, but, uh, I'm glad they think that because I will go shallow. And as soon as this water will get in the sixties and seventies, you know, low seventies is really when the fish really try and migrate back into the creeks, you know, it, it could become a shallow bite then. Uh, and, and it's really all about following the uh, bait. Right. Following the groceries, the groceries. I mean, they got to eat just like we do. And so they're, you know, it ain't going to be around certain objects. It's going to be wherever that bait is. So especially in the fall, the the bass are going to follow, follow that bait really as it is, you know, in the spring, you know, you can fish shallow because, you know, the bait's shallow, but right. uh, it gets, it gets a little tougher on most any lake this time of the year because of that. You have to follow that bait. Right. And then, and then once that, once that transition kind of takes place and those fish move up, it, it kind of levels out a little bit, but during this transition time, and that's what Brandon Lester was saying on here on the first segment, he's up at Smith Lake mm-hmm. fishing right now for a elite series event this weekend, but he was echoing the exact same thing. He's like, look, this is a very difficult time of the year to fish. Uh, it is, it is, uh, it, it really is. You can't sugarcoat it, but it can be real it could be rewarding because if you get in the right place, you could catch a whole bunch of them in one, one little place. They gang up they They, they try and cheap dog the, you know, the bait in certain areas, uh, shallow because they're not going to be able to sheep dog the bait, you know, deep. It's when they run them up on the flats and the hard places. And, you know, it, it can be good. Now top water is, is going to come into play here shortly. If this water temperature will come down, it's just uh, we had that little cool snap, and I was I was doing good uh, shallow because I tried it and it worked, and then then it warmed back up, and then so they they went back out. So they're just follow they're following the bait is what's going on, and that bait's moving because of the I mean the the water temperature dictates a lot of that with them, doesn't it? So you like I to see? I think so. Yeah, I think so. So what's the water temperature there right now? Is it still in the upper seventies probably? Yeah, I think I think when you get there it's it's gonna be seventy eight, maybe, something like that. And I was down there Sunday and the uh it got up to eighty one maybe, maybe eighty two last time I was checking and, and we were we caught them out deep. Now I say deep, you know, your boat might be sitting out deep, but you some of the bites are coming in ten to fifteen. So but now with this change of the weather it you know these fish gonna get shallow because they gotta eat oh yeah they they, got, they they gonna figure out where the groceries are that's right this past trip you did or this past weekend when you were fishing you were catching them a little further out deep are you finding those fish schooled off are they, are they on points is that kind of are you following points out to find the fish uh are they around structure in the deeper you know, where are you looking for the deeper fish right now offshore? And then, uh, and then what are you fishing with to catch them? Well, the fish, the fish, the shad, and, and it's really about the shad and they will get up on a point. A point is a good, good place to fish. And the little cuts, little cuts off the, off the ledges, little ditches and stuff. They're, they're really 
migrating into ditches and stuff like that. They are moving into the creek, but they're not all the way in the back. They're just like in the first part of the creeks and stuff, what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they are they love the hard bottom, you know, your shell beds and hard bottoms and stuff like that. Well, we don't have the grass and lily pads that we used to have. You know, I think Michael took a lot of that away from us. and uh, But, you know, it, it's changed some of the shallow fishing. And I think it's hurt it a little bit. But uh, what, what I'm doing is I'm out there and probably – 10 to 15 getting the bites and my boat sitting in 25 to 20 and then we're throwing drop shots and shaky heads and we're throwing some uh reaction type stuff too crankbaits a crankbait can in the right hole or whatever place can can be profitable to you so but we're slowing down right now it's 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 certainly you want to slow down now that the watercolor is going to get a little stained up on you so yeah, just slow the presentation down a little bit and, and keep right, it in front of them a little there. longer. There you go. Almost hit them in the head a little bit because uh, I called somebody today trying to figure out, you know, what it's looking like down there. And they, they told me that it's pretty bad. So uh, I don't know all the way down the lake now. I'm going right. down there tomorrow and I'm on, I'm going to check it out. So you can catch them even, in, even when it gets like this. You just, uh, right now you got to be careful because there's a lot of floating stuff going down there that, uh, you just got to be careful. Now, how long have you been guiding on you, Fowler? Been about three years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been fishing you, Fowler, for, I mean, I don't want to let nobody know how old I am, but. You've been fishing a I long guess. time now. Well, I mean, I'm probably the senior statesman down there. There's a few others that may have me beat, but, uh. It's close to 50 years I've been fishing that lake. I, uh, How has me, the... and, uh, me and uh, Jack Tibbs grew up together way back. I graduated in 72, and Jack graduated in 73, but we, we would get out of school, and we'd get our dad's fishing rods and go down to local ponds and try and figure out how to catch bass, you know, years ago before it really got big. Right. So a couple old-timers, you know, Jack's certainly the mayor of Eufaula, so... Well, how's it, has it, has it changed? Has the fishing on you fall? Uh, you know, how's it compare now to, to 20 years ago? It's changed. I mean, you know, the lake was dammed up in 63 and you can go back and the stories of you fall. It's incredible. And anybody that visit you needs to go by the chamber of commerce downtown and visit. They've got a, uh, a little museum in the back. It's got all the history of you follow uh, Tom Mann and all that stuff. And mm. I mean, it's got pictures of all those stringers. And, I mean, there was a lot of timber that was still showing when they dammed it up. And it's of course rotted out over the years, but it's, it's, it certainly, certainly changed in the last 20 years. Probably the worst thing you could do is fish memories. You know, you gotta be, I mean, uh, just because you caught them last year in a certain place don't mean you're going to catch them there this year. It's really all about the bait this time of year. And certainly it's a tr- trash piles come into play certain times of the year. Uh, it's hard to beat if you're not fishing a trash pile. But I don't think trash pile bite right now is that strong. Well, you know, it's always kind of go along with what you're saying about you can't fish memories. I, I love that. And, 
you know, I remember growing up over in Demopolis, Alabama on the Tom Bibby and Black Warrior. I mean, you had your local guys around there that fished all the time mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and me, you know, and, and I did too. And, but it, you know, this was back before we had the, all the imaging and the electronics that we do now. And, but we, we'd catch fish in a place and, and, you know, we had our places that we would fish and that's where we would fish mm-hmm. and we'd go from one to the next to hope, hope we'd find them in one. But it always amazed me when we had a tournament come in, uh, a bigger tournament, you know, they used to have the red man series, classic tournament oh, that yeah. they, they'd have over there. And, and you'd have boaters that come in fishermen from around the state. And you would be thinking going into that, that the local fishermen that fish there every day would win those tournaments and but so many times they don't because no these out of these not out, these, always that way yeah yeah but, and and one reason is because just what you said because they go into those places they they've been you know fishing for years and these new people right. are coming in and they're finding new plot they're following the bait they're finding finding new areas that right. hadn't been fished well it's, i want to say i specialize offshore which i do you got to spend a lot of time offshore to really get it. I mean, it's and that uh, most people don't don't fool with it. They 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 are intimidated by it. Mm-hmm. Even if they got the electronics, they want to go down the bank. And uh, you know, tournaments are not one. Uh, sometimes tournaments are one on that lake, shallow. You know, at certain times of the year, but mostly it's it's you know you got to be offshore to really win a tournament on that lake. Pretty much. Most of the time in spring, you know, and pre-spawn, sometimes you can, you can get them. A lot of history, like you follow. I'm, I'm so proud to, to have it, have it down there where I can go down there and, and, uh, shoot. I, when I come out of the gate in the morning, I'd love to go South. I tell you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Y'all still got a bunch of, I remember when I was going to Auburn back in the early, late eighties, early nineties, playing baseball down there. And, and we would go over and, and camp at you fall and fish a good bit. And, uh, I just remember seeing y'all had the biggest alligators I've ever seen anywhere in my life. Do y'all still have those yeah. giant gators yeah. down there? Like y'all, well, <laughs> like y'all always have. Well, uh, you know, people, People forget, or maybe they just don't know, that it's a federal wildlife refuge. So, I mean, you can't hunt. So if you put in at the state park and go up, I guess, to Florence Marina and then go down a little bit from from uh, uh, Lake Point, that is a uh, federal wildlife refuge, and uh, uh, you can't hunt. So all these animals, I mean, I've seen hogs down there on the bank and i mean bald eagles and golden eagles and osprey and some of the biggest alligators i mean you could i mean it's incredible yeah some of the biggest in in the country are right there and you fall no doubt well yeah i mean uh, uh people don't realize that how big alligators are down there but let me just share this to you and and this happened last year i went up underneath the uh bridge there at Kalwiki at Lake Point, went up underneath the bridge. I was fishing up the creek. It was about this time of year, and I I saw this alligator out there, and he was acting weird or whatever, and I said, you know, because I kept watching him, and uh, I was fishing. I said, you know what? Let me me just get on the trolling motor and go over to this alligator and see what's going on. 
And don't you know, when I got over there, he had a deer in his mouth. He had what? a deer. He sure did. I tried to get my phone to get over to him, and then he went down underneath the water. I was trying to get my phone to take a picture of it. And uh, he came up finally again, and I went over to him, and, and I got a picture of him holding that deer in his mouth. I wish I would have had it when I first saw him, but it, it, you could tell. And so an interesting thing happened about two months ago. I had a guide trip, and I was telling my, my client about it. And so we're headed, we had went up the river, we were coming back, and I was telling him about it. And and I got there right before Kalwiki on the left, and I saw an alligator, and I you could see that he had something in his mouth. And I went over there with the uh, boat, and I just started idling in, and, and they got on the front of the boat, and they had their phones out. And don't you know, got up on that gator, and that gator had a uh, a bigger a bigger deer in his mouth. I mean, what's the chance of you seeing that? That's crazy. But I'm telling you, I mean, it was incredible. But I mean, these, these gators at night and what they do is they'll uh, grab them and then they'll, they'll they'll drown them. They'll drown them. And then they'll hold on to them for about three days because they won't eat, just eat them right then. So it's like their, their deal. And so, and that gator that we saw, he, he went up underneath the water as well. Of course, he didn't come right back up like the other one did. And we went on fishing, but they were, my clients were really, they were freaked out. They, they thought that was so cool. But Oh, it is, man. You don't stuff. get to see that, that everywhere. Well, that's that's the kind of stuff that you get on Lake Eufaula. You get the wildlife. You know, yeah. we went, I guess it was Sunday, and then uh, right next to us, a uh, an osprey came down and, and I mean, you, you just don't see that, you don't see Not that everywhere. Yeah. I just Not remember, I, I just remember we was, we was rounded a corner with the trolling motor one time and there was one laid up on the bike sunning and, uh, it didn't even look, it was so big that you just couldn't even believe what you were looking at. <laughs> I mean, it was like you were looking at a dinosaur or something up there. It's oh, just yeah. like, Oh yeah. It don't even look Come real. A Komodo dragon, you know, yes, Australia it, or island. I was like, man, I mean, that I've thing is as big as the boat. Yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's something. I mean, that uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's it, a cool it'll place, wake you man. up if you're if you're asleep. It'll wake you up when you see <laughs> it's one a, of those. It's a it's a great. So I don't I don't see how yeah. these uh, guys in the kayaks go down there because I I wouldn't want to be in a kayak, you know. Well, I do a lot of noodling for catfish and, uh, me and my kids, we do, we noodle in the spring for catfish, but one place I right. ain't going to noodling is like you fall. I, ain't gonna <laughs> do <it. laughs> I, I, don't, I don't blame you. You ain't going to catch I don't me blame noodling you. down there. All right, guys, man, I appreciate it. And, uh, it's a, it's a great report before I let you jump off here though. I always try to get a tip of the day from our callers and 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 so if somebody's coming up this weekend uh to wet a hook in lake you fall what would your tip of the day be well i mean just be careful out there you know you're gonna have some floating de- debris i don't know when they're gonna turn the jets off up here um, uh, the report is that it's gonna be you know the rain is is headed out so but just be careful uh it's gonna change the color of the water and they'll be pulling it i'm sure and just just be careful slow down uh when you're fishing you know you could probably gonna have to go to you know some dark colored stuff and and do texas and and uh you may go with a chatterbait or something up 
shallow or, or lipless crankbait, you know, something that's got some vibration is probably what's going to happen if you're going to try the shallow. And it's possible that you could uh, do well, you know, down south, you know, if it doesn't stain up so bad, you know, and you could fish offshore. It'd be tough to fish offshore, you know, up above the causeway, say. Yeah, yeah. So, My, that's a great tip, Graz. I appreciate that, man. And and look, if if there's a listener that, that's wanting to book a trip to Eufaula and come check out some of the great fishing there and, and, and maybe see a, a, a big alligator eat a deer, uh well that ain't that that's just a side show that's a side that show right oh yeah no what's the best way with me yeah well uh you follow lakeguides.com phone number 334-530-8878 and of course i got graz's guide service.com at 706-593-4192 and then i'm on facebook too so and we do fishing and, and I'll show you the electronics and all that stuff too. So it's uh it's um we'll have fun. I promise you it'll be a fun trip. Well good deal, man. Well well Grise, man, we appreciate you being on here and, and glad we were able to hook up and look forward to having you back on here uh again real soon. And guys if y'all, uh, I think y'all can tell by just having him on here that he would be, Mr. Graz would be awesome to spend a day in the boat with. And, uh, and I guarantee you, y'all going to catch some fish too. So he might not guarantee you that, but I'll, I'll go on after and say <laughs> y'all probably going to catch him. But, but, uh, I guarantee. hey, be safe out there. We look forward to talking to you again soon, buddy. Thanks, Brian. Yes, sir. Talk to you later. All right, folks, let's take just a minute and hear a word from our sponsors. Boaters List is your new reliable and fast resource designed to link everyone to everything on the water. If you own or run a boat, you know how difficult it can be to find the right company for the task at hand. Boaters List makes it easy to find the service you're looking for. Locate anything from fuel docks to service repairs or rentals of large yachts or even paddle boats and all things in between at boaterslist.com. They will always strive to make it better on the water. All righty, folks, that's going to wrap up this week's show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and drop us a review wherever you listen. And if you'd like us to email you the podcast, you know we'd love to do it. So just text the word fishing to 314-665-1767, and we will email you the show each and every week. Guys, I told y'all it was going to be a great show, and it was. Thanks to all the callers. Hey, guys, be safe out there. Keep fishing. We'll talk to y'all next week. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learned the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt, go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. And brought to you by SunSouth from Outdoors Equipment, Parts, services, accessories, SunSouth has you covered. Own the best for less. Visit SunSouth or SunSouth.com for quality John Deere equipment. SunSouth, for those that do. And by Photonist Defense, PD Pro Ultralight Ultra Compact Night Vision Systems. Simply the best in-class night vision system ever built. Contact us at PhotonistDefense.com to learn more. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. And brought to you by BoatersList.com.
Do you own your own company that needs to reach boaters, anglers, and marine enthusiasts? Sign up for free today to grow your business on boaterslist.com. And brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Become a better southern hunter and angler and pick up your copy today wherever fine magazines are sold or save a bundle online at greatdaysoutdoors.com.